0: From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 291. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Pen Chalet, and Blue Apron. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the wonderful Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: Brad Dowdy. I don't know who Brad Dowdy is. This is Jim Cantori from The Weather Channel, a.k.a. The Storm Chaser. I'm down here in Macon, Georgia, tracking winter storm Hurley. It's <laughs> whiteout conditions here, Mike. I don't know how any human being <laughs> can function with this type of weather system in place, Mike. There's at least a quarter inch of snow on the ground. No one should be on the roads, Mike. Quarter inches. I implore you. Is that
0: what it takes to bring Macon to a halt?
1: Mike, it's serious down here. I just (laughs) implore you, stay in. Podcast all day. This is, I I don't know how we're going to travel back to Atlanta. You know, it is so bad. It's blizzard, whiteout conditions here, Mike. Tropical, oh, winter storm Hurley. Tropical Tropical, storm, tropical snowstorm. I'm used to being in in hurricanes, Mike. This is this is this is a new gig for me. These winter storms, trying to come up with these names for these winter storms, is brutal. This one's called Hurley because it makes me sick, Mike. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sick to death of making Georgia being in snow. There's no bread. There's no milk on the shelves. People are going nuts down here, Mike. I, I, I'm out of here. I, I gotta go find Brad so you can get the show done.
0: Please do. Thank you, uh person whose name I've forgotten, but they're a weather person.
1: Yeah, Jim Cantori, he's the he's the national weather guru. And it for was nice of US. him to, to
0: drop in then.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's out in my front yard. Yeah, so he just he just left. He's gonna go make snow angels right now.
0: Enjoy that, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he has a good day. So you're having some snow situations.
1: I wouldn't call it a situation. It's more of a stupidity, but yeah, it's a situation. So I guess Macon is quite schools. like London
0: in that like any snow that sticks to the ground brings everything to a halt.
1: Completely done. Yeah. Like I, 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 I tweeted out yesterday that my kid's school was canceled like four o'clock yesterday afternoon. And I looked down at my at my uh, weather app and it's like 55 degrees. I was like, this is what we're going for, huh? And I mean, yeah, it snowed and the the roads are fine. You know, it's no big deal. So.
0: Brad, I have something that I need to tell you. I have something I need to talk to you about. Okay. I'm in love, Brad.
1: <gasps> I mean, I knew that, right? I mean, it's me, you, we go,
0: we go way back. Brad, I'm in love with a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> My Bongbox Pro Gear is mm-hmm. like, it's everything. It's just everything. It's everything to me. I love this pen just immensely. It just the, the love is so strong. I uh, just, I'm on. I mean, I spoke about being on a on a on a bit of a pro gear kick, but this is like just next level. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore this pen. Like it's it's serious.
1: So I'm shocked. Not in a that it couldn't happen way, but that it's that much of an important pin
0: for you it's that's the kind of, design cool. is just wonderful and mm-hmm. i love the feel of the grip section because it's it's cold yeah and <laughs> i really really like that uh it, it, it is it's very interesting right like
1: what is it it's it's a net. It's an abnormally designed pen, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yes, it's weird, and I think that's part of the reason that I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, is it aluminium? I don't believe so, but I'd have to look. No, because this don't think is it. Because it doesn't feel like it is, because it's, it's it's always cold.
1: Yeah, and it's too dense, I think, for uh, aluminium. It's wonderful. I, I don't wonderful. think it is. it is. just. I think they're just steel.
0: Yeah, um, steel would make sense, because of the fact mm-hmm. that it's cold all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I'm absolutely in love with this pen. I'm so, so happy happy that I was able to get one because it's everything for me right now.
1: Well, this is what you, this is also like what you've wanted for like the past year. You like, I, I love sailors. I, you know, I have my orange pro gear. It's my favorite one, but I want that special one that not everyone can get. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to work to, to get one, you know, you found one, you got it. And, um, it turns out that you really like it. Like, like, when's the wedding date? Any day
0: now. <laughs> yeah, it's this is it's serious. I'm I absolutely adore this pen. So much. it's wonderful. I'm. Well, I love to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's serious for me. Right? Are now. you still going with the the gold ink? Yeah, in that pen? yeah. I'm actually I'm actually planning on buying gold ink for it. Like, yeah, I might get crazy. the same one uh, unless there is like a better. Uh, recommendation for me, but yeah, I I wanna I, th- I wanna keep I wanna keep it gold.
1: That that might I don't know if that was a custom ink for that pen or not. Uh,
0: that I there it is available still. Okay. So, gotcha. so yeah,
1: well, you won't have any trouble finding an ink in this market to match your pen.
0: No, I'm sure I can find a good gold ink from somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I've, I I've it is the only pen that I've used for like two weeks. That's awesome. It's big time.
1: We should all have the love that Mike has for his sailor.
0: Mm-hmm. If only the world would be a better mm-hmm. place.
1: All right, on that ink front, have you seen the new Pelican Ink of the Year? Do you do much with the Pelican Inks of the Year? You're not a big, big Pelican Ink fan, the Edelstein Ink.
0: Um, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Pelican Ink denier, right? Like, I, yeah, I've yeah. just never really gone crazy for them. Yeah. In general, like. The availability of an ink does n- is not what makes me want it. Yeah, like I'm all about the color, right? Like I want mm-hmm. a good color. Um, and, I mean, and this looks nice. This is the Pelican Edelstein, Olivine, and it's like a a nice green color. Yeah, um, it's a great color. It looks lovely, but I don't want this ink color.
1: Yeah, like right? I'm not gonna. I didn't buy last year's uh, Smoky Quartz. I didn't, I won't buy this year's Olivine, Olivine, Olivine. Oh, so line. it's a very nice green. Um, I'm just not much of a green guy unless it's a bright green, you know, the, the yellow greens like the Huff Quartier number 28 from Ackermann. Mm-hmm. That's my green. This is fantastic looking. It's just not for me, but uh, they do this once a year and they really, and I I didn't notice it this past year, but in previous years, they've... Allowed users to like mix and match a color and do a submission, right? For like what their what color the next year will be. So I wonder if this was, uh, if this followed that same pattern they've done over the past few years, if they did, I missed it. But yeah, okay, yeah, it is the, yeah, on Joshua's post, it says, over 1,200 suggestions were submitted per the company, but Johannes from Cologne was ultimately declared the winner of that contest with an olive green colored entry. So yeah, they still do that, but it seems like I've missed it the past few few years. I've always submitted some type of purple ink um, to that contest, but I missed it this past year. But yeah, it's great. Did I make
0: a matching pen?
1: Usually. I mean okay. they have for the past few years. So that they had the Smoky sense. Quartz M two O five last year to match. Um I don't remember them doing did they do Amber? 'Cause I think they did Aquamarine. I can't remember. I don't they've they've done some. I don't know if they've done them all. Now that you say that, we can ask Joshua and find out or if anyone knows. But they um I like the pens. I'll buy the pen more likely than the ink. Like I think a green this color green pen, if I can get it with, like, the silver trim, I might buy that. But And then I am probably would have to buy the ink to go with it, right? Just because I'm dumb that way.
0: If you buy... I mean, well, this is like me buying a gold ink. Like, I don't particularly want a gold ink, right? But I will buy a gold ink if I have a pen that matches it. So, I would... you know, So, if, yeah. if I bought a green pen and it had the exact matching color, then I would get that, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how to spell to pronounce Olivine, 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 and our friends at the BYOB podcast did a whole episode—well, a, a whole half episode. Mike, uh, episode eight point five. Our good friends Jim and Michael—they recorded. <laughs> An entire episode of Michael mispronouncing the Harbon inks and Jim telling them how to pronounce them correctly in French. And it's kind of amazing. Okay, so if you haven't that caught that. Yeah. It's like 25 minutes of them just going through the entire product lineup. Michael butchering the names. And Jim going through the correct pronunciations and meanings. It was fascinating. It was hilarious. So um, I I implore y'all to go listen to episode 8.5 of BYOB. And you should listen to the next episode of BYOB because I will be joining like the nine other people on their podcast tonight. So um, I might get one or two words in, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to be a a guest
0: on the BYOB podcast tonight. I look forward to that. So we should—I think—an uh, interesting programming note. Uh, you were talking about wanting to do Instagram Live more often, maybe like mm-hmm. weekly. That was like a thing that you mm-hmm. were talking about doing. So I, mm-hmm. t- you know, decided to make you put your money where your mouth is. Uh, and next week on January the twenty-fifth at mm-hmm. ten noon Eastern at noon Eastern, which is five mm-hmm. p.m. London time. Uh, mm-hmm. You can kind of work it out from there, depending on where your time zone is. Uh, I am going to be joining Brad uh, for an Instagram live session on the Pen Addict Instagram. and I, I, My assumption will be that we're going to just like sit around and chat and show pens that we have. And so maybe some maybe I can show you my great IKEA uh, shelf cabinet thing, yeah that'd be awesome right so i could show yeah. you what's going on and all of that so uh go to instagram.com slash addict and I, I guess turn on notifications or whatever right so you know that when we go live um, yeah if they work
1: yeah. like none of my notif- notifications work well then just Instagram. be there
0: be there at noon be Eastern there on the 25th uh be there yeah. or be square i think is what they say
1: i'll, I'll send out a reminder on twitter we'll, we'll tweet it out and uh Hopefully it works. Hopefully you're able to connect because when I tried to do this with Brian Goulet, I could never join his, his feed. But uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. So if not, I'll just uh, create the session and talk bad about, about you for like a half an hour.
0: That sounds all really right to me. And I'll do the same. Mm-hmm. And then people mm-hmm. can just it's like a choose your own adventure story.
1: <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. And a, a, other programming note while we're at it, uh, for you live listeners, next week, uh, next Wednesday, we are going to record two episodes, um, and one uh, will start at 9 a.m., then 10 a.m. So move the schedule up a little bit next
0: week, and you'll have two live episodes to listen to if you want to tune in to us. Alright, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code INC at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. They give you all of the tools that you need to create the website that you want for your next idea or project. With the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates, and have everything backed up with 24-7 customer support, they are the all-in-one platform that will let you put your next site online. You don't have to worry about installing anything or patching anything or looking out for security. security upgrades because squarespace have got all of that covered they do all of this stuff for you it's super simple everything's done in the web browser you can customize everything add in pages you can change the design you can tweak the templates whatever it is you want to do it's all there it's very very simple to do you can create online stores you can create portfolios you can create blogs you can create sites for events or clubs you can create sites for businesses squarespace has the tools for all of them, their plans start at just twelve dollars a month. But you can start a trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com, and you can get ten percent off when you dis- when you sign up by using the offer code INC, and you'll get ten percent off your first purchase. And also show your support for the Pen Addict. We thank Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace make your next move, make your next website.
1: There's not a lot of topics I avoid on this show, Mike or talking about on Twitter or on my blog.
0: This was something that we specifically decided that we weren't going to talk about when it happened, right?
1: Yeah. Like I told you, like it was brought up to my Mm -hmm. attention about a month ago, maybe more than that. It was more than that. And I showed it to you and I said, this is stupid and we're not going to talk about this because I didn't want it to really get out there. But our good friends at (laughs) Retro51 sent out a tweet. What? What? two days ago, Monday, mm-hmm. maybe, um, saying, hey, Brad, did you see this on eBay, the Pen Attic Retro 51? Uh, the first model that you did last year was up for sale. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. And they're like, OMG, essentially. So back when I launched this year's Retro 51 with the aforementioned Michael Jacobs, the isometric, which uh, has been an awesome pen, right at that time, one of the... Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mr. Gary Varner, a lot of note, y'all will know him from the community, from note, formerly Notegeist, and uh, um, he sent me a, a link. He said, hey, did you see this? And it was an eBay link to this Retro 51 from the original Pen Addict. I was like, no, I haven't seen that. This was like the beginning of December. And I clicked over to it. He didn't tell me anything. He's like, hey, did you see this? I was like, oh, okay, I'll go look. Someone's selling the original Pen Addict Retro 51 on ebay i'll go take a look should be no big deal 450 dollars was the mm-hmm. list price mm-hmm. and i just was my mouth just you know my jaw dropped and i i couldn't believe what i was seeing and i was like well that's dumb no one's gonna buy that guess what
0: i bought it <laughs> no it's not true I... <laughs>
1: It someone did, yeah. unless this person, like, set up, you know, like, a proxy and did it themselves kind of thing, right, to, like, set a market. I don't know, you know, the ins and outs and what you could do. And, like, two or three days later, Gary sent me another text. Hey, it's sold. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, like, I don't know what to think about this, Mike. It's like, I mean, I guess I think nothing about it. I think it's dumb. I, I can't believe someone would buy that i guess yeah i, I, I mean, don't know my, my i mean who am I, be, who am I to begrudge someone what i, I guess spend their money how they want the but. person
0: who bought it doesn't know you mm-hmm. that would be my assumption and that they are a collector and saw a rare mint inbox not even seal broken retro mm-hmm. 51 and bought it but even then i mean I am a collector of these things, and I don't think <laughs> I would pay £450 for any of them. Like, Retro yeah. 51, you know I love you, like, and I will love you forever. But like, I think even they are aware of the fact that $450 is not worth it, right? Which is why they were tweeting mm-hmm. it to you. Yeah. I can't believe somebody paid this. I mean, how many of these do you have? I think it's time for you to make a, like a lucrative side business. You just start selling off... All the extras. (laughs) I think I just have, like, two. There you go. it's $900 in your pocket, so.
1: (laughs) Like, I don't hoard these things. Like, I have my number one, like, the 001, and then I think I have two random ones that I just you know stash behind oh Boy, zero so. zero
0: one you should go for it i mean someone paid 450 <laughs> for 149
1: no add a zero add a zero to that right yeah. 4500
0: yep start in bread start in bed 4500 buy it now at 15 grand this is yeah. wild brad this is really wild hey if someone wants to put my kids through college i'll
1: give up zero zero one for 4500 just get in touch
0: I can't. I really. I can't believe that that, that somebody purchased yeah. that. Like that is a wild price. Like field notes editions don't go for that amount of money, right? Like Mm-mm. this is not a thing. I, very very strange. I, I would. Okay, so here's the thing. If you are out there and you were the person that bought this, just tell us. We won't. We won't reference you on the show if you don't want to be spoken about. But like, I just want to know one if somebody actually did buy it. Right. And like there wasn't some weirdness going right. on here. And right. two, like, why? Why did you buy it? Like, no judgment. I've spent obscene amounts of money, right? We all have. I just want to sure. know. Like I'm just interested. Like, what is it specifically about this edition that that made you want to spend that amount of money on it? I'm just interested.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on that note, still have some uh isometric bomb retro 50 ones available in the Panatic shop (laughs) buy them now keep them in the
0: box flip them yeah flip
1: them the the original one was uh, an edition of 300 this one's edition of 600 so there's still a few left (laughs) you know hold on to them for about a year and you too can be uh an ebay superstar
0: (laughs) yeah they're only 38 dollars. you could you (laughs) can really make some serious serious margins on this
1: yeah yeah oh and and Total side note: Stacy just reminded me in the chat room about the mission to Mars. I got your pen in, so you were covered. I'll just. Hold I it till saw the show.
0: your Instagram photo of the two, and mm-hmm. I was. I mm-hmm. felt. I felt a warmness in my heart, knowing <laughs> that one of them was for me. So thank mm-hmm. you very much, as always. Sure, sure, sure.
1: So your very first, your your intro, your your I'm in love intro. I d- I had no idea what it was going to be. I thought it might have a shot of being. The new Sailor 1911 Royal Tangerine yeah. that was announced. What do you think about this pen? Once it was, once it wasn't that. I was like, okay, well, that's a little bit deep to go say I'm that hardcore in love with a pen I don't own yet. But what do you think about the new Royal Tangerine? This is going to be the U.S. limited edition for this year, or at least the the early part of this year. They did that turquoise one last year. I did not purchase that one, but uh, I'm kind of tempted here.
0: Now you know, like I'm not, I'm not big on. Um the 1911 design, like Mm -hmm. I much prefer Mm -hmm. the Pro Gear design. Right. But I have put my name in for a pre-order for one of these, (laughs) the (laughs) Penchalet. I'll say, I'll just give a caveat here. This will be the third time that I put my name in for a pre-order on the Penchalet. Remember, keen listeners will remember that I have put my name in for pre-orders for both of the Platinum 3776s, and I didn't buy Mm -hmm. either of them. Okay. Like the time came around, and I thought about it, and like if they were available to purchase, then I would have just bought them, right? But like with just a little bit of time passed, I'm like, ah, I'll get, I'll get it later. And the reason I did it with the last one is that the first one I think was the nice Lilas. Like you could still Mm -hmm. buy that. So yeah, it whilst it was limited, it's not like gang rush limited. So I kind of no, they.
1: They did something weird with that one. Okay. They um they did three thousand seven hundred seventy six numbered editions and then unlimited unnumbered editions. Well, there you go.
0: So th- that's that. There you go. So th- they're 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 a stock pen. So yeah. my thought was, I'm gonna wait until I run into one of these, try mm-hmm. it out, and then decide if I'm gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. But. I'm I'm I feel very confident that I will buy this this pen for two reasons. One, like just my obscene affection for Sailor pens right now. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's a great color. And I put my name in for a Zoom nib. Oh, nice. Which I and I don't have any of these and I have tried a Zoom Sailor and loved it and I know oh. that Sailor make good ones of these. And I know that the assumption doesn't come along very often. So if if I'm able to get one, then then I'm pretty confident I'm going to get one. More than anything, I'm very intrigued to see what this color looks like because the pictures look wild.
1: Yeah, I, I really want to see this in person. I hope there's going to be one at the LA pin show. That should be around the same timing as the launch of this pin sometime in February. Mm. And I yeah, I... I I want to see this pen in person to see how the co- the color really comes out because it's it's very bright and very orange, but not necessarily. I don't know. It's a. It's. I don't want to say it's like a different orange, but yeah. It's it's something I kind of need to see in person. Which size did you pre-order? So it comes in the standard, and it comes in the the full size,
0: the large one. I went standard. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's standard, I, I I don't really know if I need large. I mean, I looked at the dimensions mm-hmm. and. There isn't like a huge difference. So
1: Well, it's it's the same as the Pro Gear and the Pro Gear Slim. The okay. Pro Gear is considered large. The Slim is considered standard.
0: Then I'm I'm kinda happy that I went with the standard because the nineteen eleven is bigger than the Pro Gear anyway, right? Uh, just um, lengthwise because yeah. of the the rounded uh, mm-hmm. ends. So that mm-hmm. so I'm uh, yeah. So standard works for me because uh, mm-hmm. the thickness isn't so much of a thing for me as it is the overall length. And I don't think I would want it to be much longer than a pro gear, really. Um, yeah. So because I I think one of the reasons that I love these pens is I I love the form factor. I love the size. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with my option for a standard.
1: So, when I saw this picture, I retweeted it, I think, from Anderson pens, and I was just like, sold. Yeah. Like, I'm going to buy it. And like you, it's like, well, that initial, like, you know, FOMO thing happens, and it's like, oh, I got to have this. It's orange. It's rhodium trim. It's kind of perfect. It's like everything I would want in a pen. And then you, like, you know, get away from it from a day or two, and you're like, well, do I need this pen? (laughs) And... It's come up I've made a couple of comments in in various places where I'm going to try attempt plan on not spending like a lot of high end dollars on pens and I got a tweet from my friend Twitless Dan he said, "Would this count as high end for you, Brad?" And I've actually had that question come up a couple of times based on on my comment. And I've never given like a full answer to that because it's too long to put into a tweet. But and this is one of the and this is one of those questions that it's different. Everyone's answer is different, right? This is like just for me specifically. And, you know, some people, you know, $5 might be a high end pen, and that's cool. And there's a lot of awesome pens in that price range. Some people, it might be $2,000, you know, and that's cool too. There's lots of crazy pens you can get in that range. So to put a number on it for me, what do I consider high end, or what is my limit, or where am I comfortable, like just buying a pen without necessarily crazy amounts of thought or insane budgeting and things like that. And I think it's right in the $300 range. I think that's like, I start to get uncomfortable over $300 and that's a lot of dang money as it is, but I don't need more like $500 pins or $800 pins. Like I haven't seen the value in those pins for me personally, like from a writing perspective, the only one is, um, my my Nakaya Portable, which was well worth every penny that I spent on that pen. But I've started to become uncomfortable in the higher end range because I don't think I'm getting that much difference in enjoyment spending $800 on a pen than spending $250 on a pen, right? So that's just for me personally. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I see so many great pens in, like in the two dollars to $300 range or the $150 range or the $100 range. Um, Lots of custom materials, lots of good stuff from big manufacturers. That's a really good quality sweet spot type of range where companies you'll see, like Sailor, like we just talked about, will do something special right around that range. I don't want to spend $600, you know, but I would consider spending $300. And, you know, that's just my personal take right now. I look at my pen collection as it currently stands and I don't use my most expensive pens as much as I use some pens that are, you know, more in the $100 to $300 range. Those are like my favorite pens, so I should focus on that. So that's kind of what my mental math looks like for me personally. So, you know, we'll see. I think the only thing this year that could break me from this comment is seeing what Pilot does with their anniversary. Like I'm a hardcore pilot fan, they could do some crazy stuff for their anniversary year, and I might, you know, we'll see. That <laughs> if if anyone can break me, it, it would be pilot. So yeah, Otherwise, I'm trying. I'm, not yeah, sure.
0: I'm trying to keep my hype in check on that one. Hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. I I my high end value, I think, mm-hmm. is four hundred. Is mm-hmm. what I consider to be like high end. I start mm-hmm. questioning, at, like severely questioning, at two hundred. That's where I'm like, mm, what do I, you know? Like that mid range yeah. between like two and what four, am I really getting? That's where I really start to think about it. But I'm I'm still likely to make purchases in that range. Four hundred mm-hmm. is where it's like maybe once every year or two. Right, right, would I buy like right. a single pen for that for more than that amount of money? Like I really have not purchased many pens over like three hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I have to really sit and think. I feel like in the last year or two, uh kind of my typical average purchase is like two fifty. Like because that's yeah. just what I'm buying now. It's fewer but but grander um yeah so like the 250 to 300 range is kind of where most of my purchases seem to be falling these days
1: yeah i think i hit the peak dollar amount towards the end of last year i was like spending too much on pens that you know may not get as much use as some other pens i enjoy that are you know a third of the price things like that so i've really tried to kind of think about those types of things more this year but then you walk into a pen show and you're like ah so that's what I'm, i'm
0: trying to avoid yeah, it's very easy to to get that feeling when you walk into a show. Yeah. you know, uh, like two days ago, I was just I was poking around on a couple of websites and I was looking at some inks and stuff, and then I just went, I just started looking at the King of Pen again. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to buy one of those this year.
1: That one's been absolutely worth it for me. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think that was a very expensive pen. I but think that, that, one's that been is going to
0: be it. my. I think that's going to be my big purchase uh, pen-wise this year. I I think we'll Mm -hmm. be a Sailor King of Pen. I'm going to put off the Nakaya again. And I'm totally cool with doing that. Mm -hmm. I really, like, I have just this feeling of, like, reaching the logical end, right? Like, of, of, like, the maximum, like, the furthest I can go. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a Nakaya. So I'm totally cool with putting it off, right? Like Because it, it, it is, like, the logical maximum of where I'm willing to go. Value wise, and also just like quality wise, right? Like just reaching that level is like that. That is a, a an end point. Not that I would, you know, not that I'm saying I'm stopped buying pens at that stage, but like it feels like the 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 end of how far I'll go down the line, and then it's kind mm-hmm. of just bouncing back and forward. Um, so I'm I'm cool with with putting it off again, but uh yep. purely because like. I love Nakaya's. They're beautiful. They're they're wonderful things to use. I have. I can't remember the last time I was so excited when I actually tried a pen than I was mm-hmm. with the King of Pen at DC. Like, yeah, I had. I mean, this is wild. I don't know if anybody can sympathize with this, but I had like <laughs> goosebumps when I was using it because it was just so perfect. It was just so perfect. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe how well that pen fit me. Like in every sense, um, so that's probably going to be my my big purchase this year, and I'm going to wait for a pen show because there's no way I'm buying a pen like that online. Like, just no way. Yeah, no way. Right. Good
1: move. So yeah, you know, this is something we'll talk about throughout the year, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a uh, it's a good place to be. I mean, shoot, I I, I would like to spend less <laughs> on fountain pens. I've kind of hit that peak. Where like I've got like all the things I've wanted that I've found very very enjoyable, and I I think buying something in that higher end right now would just be to buy it, not to like totally love it. So I I want to I want to see what happens. So yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty confident in you know how I feel about making these purchases.
0: All right, so going back to those Sailor 1911s for a moment, there is a place you can pre-order them right now and get a great uh, get a great price on them, and that is Penn Chalet, who is sponsoring this week's show. Pen Chalet have great pens from all of the companies that you're used to dealing with, right? Like Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, of course, Sailor, Caveco Monteverde, and they're an authorized dealer of all of them. Penchele believe in customer satisfaction, which is why they offer fast and reliable customer service. It's why they have free shipping and orders of over $50 in the United States and also great rates for shipping overseas. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This is what Penchele is all about. They only offer the highest quality products and not only do they have every type of writing instrument you could conceive of, they also have a bunch of different accessories as well. They're always running special discounts and sales. There's always new stuff going on to Penn and you can always get yourself a good deal because you listen to this show. So if you go to PennChalet.com, that's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website, you want to enter the password Penaddict. Addict, that is where you will get your hands on a 10% code that you can use on absolutely anything at the Pen Chalet, and also this week's offer. So again, can't talk about prices on this one, but there are some uh, Lamy gift packs available. So, so safari or AL star fountain pens and they will come with even notebooks or ink and converters so ron has some like packs that he's selling right now some lamies uh you should go take a look at them because the deals are good yeah i don't know that you'd call it selling i think he's pretty much giving them away
1: okay so you, should go, <laughs> you should go look at this the the prices as as ron is wont to do these are ridiculous prices on actually some limited edition colors that were that are not part of the regular lineup. So this is this is really good. So this is some good pricing, yeah. some good sets.
0: Yep. There's some there's some absolutely great deals there right now. So you can go and get it. It's great for starting a new year, getting yourself a nice little kit or maybe for somebody else in your life. So that's penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict to get your hands on all of those offers. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All
1: right, so I've... I'm pretty sure we've talked about this at least once in the past, but it might be like all the way back in the double digits of the show, because I kind of remember this the topic came up again. I think it was an email from a listeners said, would you make your own handwriting font? And they were talking about my handwriting and they would love to see a font in my handwriting. And I've gone through trying to make a font from my handwriting. And as far as I've, Gotten a big pad of paper, sat down, really focused on what my I wanted my letters to look like. Sent them, you know. I forget who I even sent them to, and then never did anything with it. I'm like, I'm kind of like, okay, this is cool, and it's also very awkward and uncomfortable at the same time. That like my handwriting would be what someone types with, um, for various reasons. Do you think about? I mean. Would you ever do this? Like do you have any no. reason to want this? My hand, no one you, wants
0: my handwriting. Like I know it's like an off joke of the show that I don't have good handwriting, but I don't. Like I don't even want well,
1: it. Well. <laughs> right. But like could you see like someone doing this? Like our friend Mike Rody did like had a really good use for his, right? He's this um Wrote the Sketchnote Handbook, and then he created a Sketchnote typeface from his handwriting to use in the book. That's a cool use of digitizing your handwriting. I would feel like really awkward unless I had some kind of use for that, um, especially to let other people use my handwriting. That's the, interesting to me. Like I can't quite put my head around it. Um, I, I get that, you know, it can kind of look cool from time to time. And sometimes my handwriting looks really awesome. I think most of the time now it, it needs a lot of work, but I just find the concept of it a little bit weird. And I don't know if I could ever get past that to ever do that for myself. So, or much less like share it out with the world. So I get the idea. I know that it's a thing, but I'm not sure I want to, uh, to go there with my, with my own
0: handwriting. Yours would be a, a contender, though, because you do have an interesting and kind of unique uh, style, I think. so.
1: Yeah, I'd have to work a month or two to kind of clean it up. But, um, yeah, like, I could see it. I just don't know that I'm comfortable like making that happen. I don't know. It's a weird thing. You know, then, you know, next week I'll have my own digitized handwriting. <laughs> so, you never know. You never know. An article that got shared around a lot this week in the stationary world was from a site that i follow regularly creative boom they do some really cool stuff 22 awesome online shops for stationary addicts when you clicked over to this link mike what were your initial thoughts
0: there are some cool ones on here like there's some people mm-hmm. that we frequent and know uh, mm-hmm. and i'm happy to see that right so like the stationer mm-hmm and uh present and correct, which is awesome, and c w pencils so there are some mm-hmm. there are some great ones on there, but there's some weird uh inclusions, so again, another one that I like the journal shop i 've shopped from them um I actually got a bunch of field notes from them, like rare field notes mm. like they were holding on to a couple, but then they 've got stuff like paper chase on here, which is like a a really big like just like a huge high street brand, like yeah. to the point where i'm like I'm not a hundred percent sure. Why you're including them on this list when you're like you've got C W pencil on here? It's like mm-hmm. you've you've got you've picked these really interesting ones from across the world, but mm-hmm. then include like a high street brand. It's like a peculiar it's like a peculiar mix here. It, it almost feels like somebody will like pick, you have to find this amount, and then right. they went and found <laughs> that amount.
1: Yeah, I was looking for the word. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think peculiar is the right word, right? So, you know, I haven't heard of, you know, 80% of these shops, which is fine. But it's because there's a wider definition of stationery than what we mm-hmm. normally dabble in, yep. right? So this has, like, greeting cards, right? And Which is totally fine. Like, that's cool. But, like, it's got a lot of stores on there for that type of, you know, get your invitations printed type of stores. Like Present and Correct is one of my favorite shops to like go look at cool stuff. They do some really neat stuff. How CW Pencils isn't like second on this list, I don't know, <laughs> if not first. But it's just like it's kind of a weird list. It's definitely UK based, which is cool. Um I I don't know. It's like throw cult this is an online shops right this isn't a physical shops 22 awesome online shops why isn't cult pins like number three you know or jet pins you know for like crazy unique stuff so but i mean it's just a perspective thing like i know our perspective is jaded to all the brands and companies we love but i thought it could be better but i did learn and remind myself of some companies like mark and fold like i want to i've They've always been on my list to order something from. They make really neat uh, notebooks. This is a good list to go check out. It's a, it's peculiar.
0: Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it it, it, this is it's a good, good list. It's good to exist because there are some bigger and smaller companies that deserve this mm-hmm. attention. But it's, it, I just find it strange to see some inclusions on here that it, it kind of colors the list in a weird way but it is great and I'm happy I'm always happy to see this stuff because
1: yeah I uh, love seeing Caroline and I love seeing Tessa on there it was awesome so so now I'll make myself a note I'm gonna do 23 awesome online shops for stationary mic (laughs) stick it to the creative boom people what do you think you show them them, Brad (laughs) yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) um I had a weird listen to a podcast that I love, a weird thought from a podcast that I love, that probably out of all of our listeners, I'd say probably one other person might listen to this podcast. So it's actually called the podcast, which I'm sure drives you absolutely insane, the naming.
0: Um but it's no, for a reason. No, that it's because, for a reason because there's a clear reason as a joke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's with Joe Poznanski, so that's where the podcast comes from, and Joe is a sports writer I've followed for years for his baseball writing, and with a gentleman named Michael Schur. Are you familiar with Michael Schur, Michael, before no. I linked it? I'm not sure about Michael Schur. <laughs> not sure. So he is well-known. He first got his break writing for The Office, the U.S. version of The Office, and then he is the creator... Oh. The writer of Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. and the good the good place, which is a new show. So he's a big big writer in the um in the in the Hollywoods. So uh, he's you know a, a behind the scenes guy, oh, but he's this created website, a bunch of big. Brad. My it's tragic. Gosh. Yeah, I, there so, is like no way. There's to nowhere link to the specific no.
0: episode. <sighs> I,
1: I tried so hard. My God, <laughs> It's horrible. And they don't care. Like, they don't care. They just want to get online and talk. So, they're two guys that, you know, are, have a lot of similar interests. And it's mostly about sports and then, like, Michael's writing. So, but I listen to it because I love it. They have talk a lot of baseball. They have some baseball players on that are as regular guests that I enjoy. So, it's just a fun listen for me. And then every episode, they do a draft of something you know, one of the most recent ones was something you're familiar with. They did a draft of Christmas songs and they, they just had me rolling. You know, I was crying. They had other guests on and it's just hilarious. So this week's episode, they did a draft of the top office supplies. They did an office supply draft. I immediately, once I got to that part of the episode, I turned it off. I was like, we're doing this. Like I didn't want to listen. I still have not listened to what they said because I didn't want to jade this because we're going to have an office supply draft. What do you think about this?
0: I love a draft. Me and Jason Mm -hmm. on upgrade, we draft multiple things every single year now because Jason is a big draft guy. Um, Gotcha. uh, Draft rules are always important to me. uh, And I have created a, a rule set here. Uh, We're going to do five total picks, so one of us is going to get three, one of us is going to get two, so we end Mm -hmm. up with a list of five, and we're Mm going to do a coin flip for who gets to go first, therefore the person who gets the three picks.
1: And as a point of clarification, we're talking like office, supply, cabinet, your in the cubicle form, farm in corporate America type office supplies. We're not talking yep. about like sailor pro gear on Mike's
0: desk. We're no, talking about like he's like, like if categories you go, is what I was yeah. thinking of, right? Not even specific yes. products as such.
1: Right, it'd be the category of product in your big corporate job that you're trying to protect on your desk from other people stealing. Is the way I kind of looked at it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I guarantee you out of uh the listeners to this podcast, I bet Jason Snell is highly likely to listen to this podcast <laughs> because he is actually a, a sports ball guy like I am. Yep. So, All right. I'm going to let you uh, pick. Do you have heads, said coin heads to flip? Heads.
0: Yeah, I, I am using Google to flip this coin. Okay. So, heads I'm or going tails? Heads. heads. All right. Heads. Flipping. Heads. So you get to go first. All right. So, so that did. means I get three picks. Yep.
1: So, for my number one pick in the office supply draft, Brad Dowdy chooses the stapler.
0: Oh, nice pick. That's a good pick.
1: So, my reasoning behind stapler at number one is everyone is always looking for a stapler in your office. They're very expensive, you know, it's a more pricey item in the office, it's more personal to people like if people steal that or try to make off with it you're gonna there's it's gonna be a big yep. deal if if your stapler goes because missing.
0: it's harder to get a new one
1: yeah because pens are everywhere right in the office. pens are everywhere papers everywhere i think the stapler is the most important office supply in like your general office environment just from a value perspective i think it's you know there's some cost to it i even when i was, had my corporate job i brought my own stapler that's how mm. important that item was to me um i had a personal stapler and like i would i would have to hide it in my desk like that's not one of those things you keep out on the desk because it was a nice stapler and you know you're always copying things and printing things off and you know you need some way to bind them so i just i I I think stapler is the clear number one choice in in the draft of office supplies.
0: Uh, Stapler is very good. Stapler was on my list. It didn't rank Mm -hmm. as highly, but I didn't think of it in the way that you did. So I'm rearranging Mm -hmm. my personal list, and I'm (laughs) going my my pick, my number sort of number two pick, is something that is not rare because of the cost. It's just mm. rare because people don't tend to have them, but everybody wants them when they're around, and that mm. is highlighters.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a great pick. I mean, for an office, yeah, you got to, like, right?
0: Oh, man, I just burned through highlighters in the marketing job because I don't know why this is, but the only effective way to like read long-form copy is to print it. You got to print mm. it. And then you can highlight it up. And what I do today is if I have long form copy, I turn it into a PDF and I bring it into a notes app and I sit with my Apple pencil and I highlight stuff. There is just something about that idea of like sitting with it and marking on it that you're more able to kind of like pick things out. So when I was before I'd send an email communication or whatever, or I was looking over copy from the advertising agency, I'd print it out, I'd highlight it up, I'd scribble all over it. So highlighters. Number
1: two, I think very highly of the highlighter. I in my own personal top five, I had highlighter listed. So this is a this is a good pick, and you know you actually stole one from me there. So pick number three in the office supply draft, Brad Dowdy selects the post-it note.
0: Ooh, you took it. I think
1: (laughs) I think it's an absolute mandatory office stationary item to have it's the
0: only way anything gets done supposed <laughs> <post-it You>,
1: <laughs> they're all over your desk they're yep. all over your monitor you scratch a note you take it over to your friend's desk um you know you leave your manager a note when he's on his three-hour martini lunch when he comes back hey come see me that you know it's not an email or a text it's a post-it on his keyboard right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i think you know post-its and secondary to that you know it's yellow post-it but I think like pink post-it, I mean, that's that's very highly sought after in the office environment. If you have pink post-its, you yep. know when the office supply cabinet's getting filled or you know the person making the purchases so you can get something besides standard basic yellow post-its. So uh, I think uh, that's that's a mandatory must-have
0: item in the office. So let me just say at this point, speech bubble post-its thought balloon mm-hmm. post-its mm-hmm. no place for me i have no <laughs> desire all i want is a square maybe the big rectangle ones mm. but like i just want a a post-it note that has straight sides and four corners like that's all that's all i ever want from a post-it note
1: yeah we don't need the japanese scenery laser cut Posted that's like, been making the rounds on Twitter and like on mm-hmm. Reddit. I saw on Reddit this thing had like eighty thousand upvotes. It's amazing. No, not right, at the office. Let me
0: tell you, I looked at this right, and all <laughs> you know what I I'm talking could about. see, yeah, all I could see was the im like the impracticalness of it all. Because <laughs> right. as some of these post-it note things are, I mean, how, how am I going to find this? I mean, it's got to be in my mentions somewhere. I need to find yeah, the so I can yeah. put it in the show notes. We'll
1: link it in the show notes.
0: But as I was like looking, looking over it, it's like all I can see the whole time is like well, every time you get further down, you have less of a post-it note because like mm-hmm. the building that is being like chunked <laughs> out of the post-it note block is just right. taking away from the, the post-it note that you have. It's they're very yeah. beautiful, but not usable. Plus, how much does
1: that thing cost? Like, I have no idea. Like a, I never like looked that far.
0: I mean, I looked at it and it's it was gotta like, be like...
1: It's got to be like $20 or something like that, right? I, I figured... I, mean, I would. Crazy. I
0: think I would quite like one, but purely as just a... thing to just pull all the post-it notes off. Like, not to actually use, but just oh, like... I would to, empty it out know? immediately. Yeah, because like, I don't want to wait. I would wait. just flick... Th- yeah, no, I would
1: just flip through the whole thing with my thumb and then rip it all out to make the scene, then mm-hmm. have a stack of paper.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, so... To recap, we've, we're three picks into our our top five office supply yep list draft. We have stapler at number one, highlighter at number two, post it at number three. What do you have for number four, Mike?
0: Well, I'm gonna have to go for a pick that I'm scared that if I don't make it, we won't pick it, and then we may as well just quit. Uh, mm-hmm. Pens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I didn't know what I was gonna do if I had to pick pen last. Like it was definitely gonna pick pen. Like. It has to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, why don't you,
0: you talk about why? You need them. Like everything else that yeah. we're talking about, you know, post-it notes and staples and highlighting, at some point, a pen has to be involved, right? Because yeah. you're writing down things that get stapled. You're writing down things on a post-it note and you need to write down things that get highlighted. Like the the humble pen, it sits atop of the most important thing For all stationary, right? It's it's part. Right. Every all other stationary requires the pen to exist, uh. So it is obviously the most important. But I think we both entered this draft with the opinion that whilst it was obviously going to be on the list, we wanted to try and steal some of the most interesting ones first. Right.
1: So the pen is way more ubiquitous than these other things. You're going to find that left in drawers behind you from the people that got fired next to you, you when you go raid their drawers, you're gonna come up with a handful of pens. Like mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal. It's clearly a top five item, right? But it's never gonna be number one in this situation, I don't think. So yeah, the pen is is important. It has to be on the list, but I definitely did not think pen was anywhere near the number one draft pick in the office supply draft.
0: It's just too too ubiquitous. Yep. Like as I we was saying, like, it's so easy. There's always a box of pens somewhere. hmm Always. Always. And you could even
1: I mean you can even substitute a pencil in there. Even though you don't see many uh wooden or mechanical pencils in, in offices these days, you're gonna find you can acquire writing instruments somehow mm-hmm. in there. But it needs to be in the top five list. All right. Last pick of this draft. It's not an easy one, Mike. And I put a lot of thought into this. And I think related to our other items, I think the answer is pretty clear that it's binder clip. I think binder clip is the Mm. number five office supply. That's good. Because like we talked about earlier, you're printing things. Sometimes you print too much stuff for a stapler and you're running around the office saying, hey, I have a meeting. I need to collect all these papers together. Does anyone have a binder clip? It's a rare item in most offices. You have to hunt one down. You hoard them if you get them. And there's all different sizes you can use. But mostly, I'm talking about the big ones. Like anything you can't staple through size, I think is is binder clip area. You know, I think it's more important than the paper clip. Paper, the staple can substitute for the paper clip. The staple cannot substitute for the binder clip in many situations and you know the binder clip helps facilitate using your post-it through the document, your highlighter, your pen. Um I think it's uh, I think it has to be on the top 5
0: list, Mike. I 100% agree. That is I didn't mm. even think about it, but I used to use these constantly, right? Like something's oh, got to yeah. keep those sheets of paper together. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's so, a good, that was a good I, idea, Brad. I like that.
1: Good. That was a fun list. Now I got to go listen to the episode to see what they really said because mm-hmm. I, I really didn't listen to it because I didn't want to ruin this for us and, I mean, and no. see what they said. So
0: Let's be real. Straight up, we just did the definitive list, right? Like, anything else is wrong. I'm, that is the definitive I'm, list. I'm very happy with our list. Yep. Or top five.
1: Stapler, highlighter, post-it, pen, binder clip. I mean, if you're walking into an office for the first time and it's your first day
0: you would be pretty happy with all those things at your desk i think i think you'd be set and then when you get home in the evening after that day of great office supplies you want to cook yourself a hearty meal something that's going <laughs> to going to warm your belly And that's why I want to tell you about our final sponsor for this week, and that is Blue Apron! The number one Uh, recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. You can get $30 off your first delivery and free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash penaddict. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. That includes you, whilst also supporting a more sustainable food system in the process. This is why they set the highest standards for their ingredients while they're building their community of home chefs. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers season recipes with their fresh, high-quality ingredients to help you make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. And they've got something special, something cool going on right now. Until February 26th, Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. Their menu will feature two Whole30-approved recipes each week, so you can eat meals like seared steaks and warm lemon salsa verde with roasted broccoli and sweet potato, or maybe even chicken and kale orange salad with spicy tahini dressing. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card with pre-portioned ingredients. Blue Apron's ship to you the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, meaning that they're reducing food waste, but also doing my favorite thing, meaning that you get all the ingredients you need, so when you're cooking a recipe, you're not halfway through and like, gosh darn it, I don't have any garlic. And then you have to either forget the garlic or run to the store and get the garlic. But then you only need one bulb of garlic, so the rest, like one little, uh, what is it called? Not bulb, uh... clove Clove. one clove. clove thank you Brad you only need one clove of garlic so then you have like six other cloves of garlic sitting in a bulb in your cupboard for like six months you don't have to worry about any of that with Blue Apron because they send everything to you just as you need and their freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right you can choose from a variety of new recipes each week including those whole 30 recipes or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you there's no weekly commitment you get those deliveries when you want them Blue Apron is treating the Pen Addict listeners uh, to something very special. If you go to blueapron.com slash penaddict, you can get $30 off your first order with free shipping just by going to blueapron.com slash penaddict. Kickstart your new year with Blue Apron and Whole30. We'd like to thank Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
1: So one of these days in maybe the ASTPA. TPA Section will be named Ask TPA about bags because that's what we got this week, Mike, and I like it. Like we're gonna, we we keep talking about bags all the time, and I keep saying I'm gonna write more about bags and and do things about do reviews about bags. And um for now, we'll have to we'll have to settle with some Ask TPA questions and see if I can help uh, a few people out. But uh I, I enjoy your bag questions, so bring them on. I just don't know that I have all the answers in this in this area, but we're gonna give it a shot. So this is from our good friend Dave Ray. Who, uh, who has definitely been to the Atlanta Pin Show a few times to come see us and uh, one of the nicest guys on the planet. So he gets to go first this week. He says, Hi, Brad. Hope all is well. Got an EDC-related STPA question for you that's just a bit longer than a tweet. I'm realizing that my daily carry pretty much falls into two categories, business Dave mode and dad Dave mode in business Dave mode. I usually stick to a topo mountain briefcase day pack or knock Lanier with my laptop and an a four memo sign pad, nemo sign pad for dad Dave mode. My Tom Ben co-pilot stays loaded up with wet wipes, extra kid clothes, a water bottle and snacks. Then there's the overlapping part of the Venn diagram. I'm constantly moving my live field notes, books, pens, phone, mints, USB drive, and flashlight back and forth between those two bags. Need a recommendation for a small well-made pouch with pockets that can hold these common items. I'd like to be able to swap it between two main bags or just carry it solo when the bigger bags stay home. Keep up the great podcasting. Thanks, Dave. So
0: Dave needs a bag in a bag. Favorite topic, <laughs> bag in bag time.
1: So that was literally the first thing i thought of right the lid lab teffa bag and bag in the a5 size not the a4 big boy size the a5 size has a nice middle pouch it's got like a phone holder it can hold a few pens. it'll hold your field notes it'll hold your flashlight it's kind of everything and it's reasonably cheap it's like 13 bucks i mean that's kind of where I went with this. But there are a couple of other options. Actually, Lit Lab makes a, a few other options. We'll put a link in the show notes to them. I haven't used those, but the bag in the bag is really good quality. Um, you know, the A4 kind of gave us the idea for the Lanier, kind of made our own bag. So the A5 smaller size is your good portable, move it from bag to bag bag. So I, I really like that. The Tom Ben travel cubelet seems like it's a pretty good idea. It's It's not It's more built out than a standard packing cube. It even has a shoulder strap if you need. I think it's a little bit overkill for a bag that's small. But it has all the internal pockets and storage, plus the size to be able to move from the Topo Mountain briefcase um, into your other bags. Uh, The only other one I thought of, which you probably don't need, it's too big. But this this would not be a bag in a bag. But the Tom Ben medium cafe bag would hold all those things, but it's a standalone bag with a bigger strap. But I think your, your options are the Lihit lab, a five Teffa, or maybe the Tom Ben travel cubelet. Since you're already a Tom Ben fan, Dave, that might be a a good option. So that's, that's my question or my answer there. So we'll, uh, we'll keep going there. That's an accessory category, small bag that there's a billion different answers for. So if you have any other answers, definitely let us know. So Twitless Dan, from earlier in the show, you know Twitless Dan, are you still using the scapex mixture? So I, for a while, was doing a mix of Roaring Klingner Salix and Roaring Klingner Scabiosa, a one-to-one mixture, using it in my pens. I haven't been using it recently, but it's only because I the sample vial I made, like my four milliliters, I used it all up. And I just haven't mixed up any any more of it. It was an awesome color, something I really, really like to use. But it's not anything I've used recently, but I totally recommend doing it if you have those two inks. They behave wonderfully and the color comes out uh, perfectly. I think it's an awesome, awesome color. So Chiroho wants to know, I love my 823 as it's so phenomenal to write with, but when filling it, I feel as though I have to really push hard on the plunger. Much harder than it appears your you do in your video. Is that normal? So I did a just like one of those quick little Instagram videos where I put the eight twenty three in an ink bottle and drop the plunger to fill it up. You have to use some force. Like I had to before I started videoing that, I had to make sure my hands were in the right place to apply the right amount of force to the pen and to be able to like fill it. <sighs> It's it makes a big snap at the end, so you know I'm pushing it pretty hard. But I don't know if it's harder or softer than yours. You know, I I don't know any other eight twenty three people. You know, have any issue with that? Maybe if you filled it a bunch, it could be that the the vac filling, uh, the the plunger part of it might need to be lubricated with silicone grease. I've had to do that in twiz with a Twisby before, um, on a vac filler on the vac mini or on just really on the piston filler mini at a certain point it starts grabbing a lot more so you know i i don't know what to say you have to push mine pretty hard and i had to i had to gear up to do that all right next up we have i eric what are some good inks for absorbent paper i'd like to use fountain pens at work but some of the extra fines are still a bit too wet causing bleed through so this is the traditional copy paper at work question, I want to use fountain pens. There's no perfect answer. You know, the, even the that cheap paper, it varies. You can look at the Noodler's Bernanke series, the quick drying stuff, the Noodler's X Feather, which kind of is made to work around these things, but you're kind of stuck with blue and black. You know, there's no great colors necessarily to, to have for that. I find that basic company inks like the Lamy basic colors or the Pilot basic colors tend to work okay. They're not the best, but oh and Pelican another is another one. The drier standard colors tend to work best. So if you don't want to buy a specific fast drying or non-feathering ink that only comes in black or blue, you can try like your basic Lamy or Pelican and maybe even Pilot inks for that type of paper. And you still might have some issues. It's just not a great setup, but keep playing around. You'll find something that works. So, Dilly wants to know, he's heading back to D.C. in March, want to make it a yearly tradition to pick up a Farney's exclusive pin. Last year, it was Stealth Gray Retro 51. What shall it be this year? I have no idea, but theirs is always a good one. They did a Cherry Blossom one about two years ago that was different from the the flower one that you bought, Mike, that mm-hmm. I really, I wish I should have bought it. Um, you know, it was around Cherry Blossom time in D.C. It was a Farney's exclusive. It was super pretty. I have no idea. What they are up to for this year, but their exclusive is always extremely well done. It's always one of the best looking ones of the year. and yeah, that, uh, I've never bought one.
0: Good ideas and good executions is the typical way that the Farney's ones work. So, yeah, yeah, it's good all around. So,
1: uh, Oscar in the chat rooms uh, it says Farney's does a cherry blossom one every year. So I'll have to take a look and and see. So, they may do multiple ones per year. But uh, they're always really, really beautiful. Really well done. So, they remind me of like how nice that uh, NYC one is for um, Gold Spot that they just did recently. They're wonderful. So, Ed DeBille wants to know, is there such a thing as water-resistant turquoise ink? And there is. So, KWZ makes an iron gall turquoise that is absolutely fabulous. I actually have some I need to ink it up and use it again because it's a really great color. Now you're not going to get like the pure turquoise brightness, but you're going to get a really cool color and you're going to get water resistance. There might be some other things out there that I'm not thinking of, but that's immediately what came to mind and it's such a good ink. It cleans well. It looks great and uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan. So, donut Jimmy Back to the backpacks, Mike. What's the best backpack for commuting with a 15-inch Windows laptop? Needs to be as waterproof as possible. Thanks. So this is a hard question because you can go nuts. And in the go nuts category, I always look at Chrome Chrome bags for what they do. They just relaunched or added a, I should say, updated their weatherproof collection which has tons of bags. They're very expensive. So you have some trade-offs depending on how waterproof you want to go. One is price, and the second one is weight. So waterproof, if you want, like, one of the big boy chrome bags that is waterproof, they are really heavy and really expensive, but they're at the bomb-proof type level of bag, right? Right. I mean, it's a high-end bag, it's very expensive, it's very heavy, but it will meet your goals. Now, if you need a bag that can take getting wet, but not necessarily sit out in the rain for hours, you know, the regular Tom Ben stuff, they use um, they use waterproof zippers on a lot of their bags. You'll just have to check and see which ones. the The nylon they use for the exterior, the rain will roll off. You know, as long as you're not going to let it soak for an hour, it'll be fine. And the zippers have the waterproof zipper tape um, for to not allow the water to get in there. So that's your more moderate level of weatherproofness. But if you want something like ultra serious, intense, Chrome is made for that. Their uh, their weatherproof collection. I've I actually had. One of their weatherproof bags years and years and years ago. I had to get rid of it because it was so heavy. But it was a big, awesome, bomb-proof type bag. And it was fantastic. Um, and, the, and I think their designs are, are really great. So this next question I really wanted to tackle. And I thought about holding it for a topic for another time. But maybe we can just expand on it. So Mountain of Ink. So Kelly does a wonderful job job on her blog doing ink reviews she says as a blogger how do you deal with internet trolls without getting discouraged it's hard to answer that question directly other than saying you know you can't let it get to you but that's like too too easy to say right so I've found that just embracing the positivity of the community and brushing those people off is kind of the best way to go you know I'm fortunate to be in the situation that I'm in where I'm a white male and I don't have to deal with some of the crap that, you know, the females or the people of color or the yeah. LGBT have to deal with.
0: Yeah, being and, being a white man and having a creative work, you're typically just criticized for the quality of the work that you do, mm-hmm. right? Like that is the, the, the criticism that tends to be levied your way. If you're anything other than a white man, then people are effectively criticizing every single aspect of your life. So right. we, we do come from a privileged position in that people tend to be just criticizing what we do or like anything mm. about us tends to be very limited to either like, I don't like you or, I, right. you know, like, not so much just, like, horrific threats and no one ever, no one's ever threatened me, right? Like, right. I don't get anything like that, and I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. So just mm-hmm. wanted to say that, like, we can talk about this, but, like, understand that we are coming from a position where the yep. kind of criticisms and trolling that we get is extremely light compared to uh, some other people in the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I try my best. I almost never respond to any of that. You know, I'll get called names from time to time. And I like literally just scroll on or delete the email and just be done with it. And just understand that the community as a whole has your back, right? Like we're all in this together. We all want to see like the beauty and awesomeness of the community. And Kelly is one of my favorite bloggers, um, right now, if you can tell by some of the things I write about her work and refill on the weekends, like I'm always fawning over her reviews. So, you know, I'm happy to, to talk about this. And, you know, we can talk about it individually, talk about it offline, and just know that the community is really here for everyone in a very supportive, helpful way. And that anyone who's only interested in causing trouble they'll be gone before you know it and hopefully you know um it doesn't get too serious but um yeah i this is a it's a tough topic for sure and we should put in we talked about it a little bit with aziza on the greatest titled podcast um in in the history of of our show tahitian black lip oyster i will never forget that i don't remember the episode number i'm thinking 194 but uh if i got all that right it'd be amazing go listen to that uh episode 191 because we you're very close close i was close so um listen to that episode we covered this a little bit with Mm -hmm. her because uh i know she gets she gets a lot of hate thrown her way and it's just unfair and it it's ridiculous that uh people don't have a a better life than to than to be annoying on the internet so
0: i'll say just just know that we're there for you for me personally um it mostly doesn't affect me for longer than the period of time that I th- think about it. Uh mm. this stuff tends not to stick in my craw for too long. Um and the ones that do, uh, like when there's like that nugget of truth, right? They're the ones mm-hmm. that kind of that keep in your keep stuck in your brain. Uh I it comes with a territory, basically. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna mm-hmm. if you're gonna attempt to do something which is in public, this is just part of what comes along with it. Like this is just how it yeah. is, and then just the way that you decide to deal with it is whatever works for you. Some people want to fight, some people don't want to fight. Uh, some people are like me, where I kind of sit in the middle. Where sometimes I'll fight, but most of the time I won't. It's kind yeah. of it sometimes to
1: be. I'll sometimes I'll mock. Um, that's not healthy either. <laughs> I, I tend to avoid now, like zero confrontation. That's my uh, yeah. That's my twenty eight. I understand that.
0: Auto. I totally understand that, but I don't necessarily subscribe to it myself because there are just times where it's too difficult not to say something. Yeah, individual cases. But basically every single time they never work out the way you want them to. Every time yeah, yeah. that you rise to yeah, it, no. it just never goes the way you want. No, and then you have to think about it more, so mm-hmm. I try
1: to get past it. But uh, yeah, it's a great topic and something we could explore more for sure. All right, last one. Sister T says, the first pin show of the year is in the books and everyone is ready for more. If you could organize your own pin show, what would you do differently? What is missing that you'd have in yours? So I kind of replied, this was came in the Slack channel, and I, I uh, kind of replied a little bit that the um, BYOB podcast talked about this uh, an episode or two ago, where they basically relayed what they would like to see as a pin con more than a pin show, And that's something we've always talked about, like what would be the perfect setup and it would be more convention style with a show aspect to it, right? Where you'd go and you would have like official schedule, like seminars about different things, you know, not just necessarily, you know, repairs and calligraphy, the things that are already done, but, you know, different topics and, you know, uh, more creative topics. And then from like a show floor perspective, I always wanted more local creators at these shows, even if they're not in the pen industry like, you know, leather makers or bag makers or, you know, arts and crafts type stuff more than just the pin show from the local um, environment. Not necessarily people that travel from show to show like the fountain pen people do, but more like if you're in Atlanta, you grab some local, like we know some bag makers, we know some artists. I would love to see a more... Local spin in each of these shows to show off, you know, the art and creativity and the the makers of that particular area. So, you know, I think uh, those are the kind of things I'd look at. It's super hard to get all that stuff off the ground. You know, I've looked at it for years, and you know, I'd love to have to make like the dream show one day. And you know, maybe it'll happen. You know, maybe it'll maybe it'll come through. But uh, yeah, I think we could do something uh, a little bit different. But I I generally. You know, like the shows that we have now in the fact that we can go to some place and hang out with some of our friends and kind of make it our own. Um, that's my favorite part of the current shows. And, you know, maybe we can work on the dream show uh, setting as the years go on.
0: All right, if you want to find show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 291. Thanks again to our fine sponsors, the great people at Squarespace, Pen Chalet, and Blue Apron for their support of this week's episode. If you want to find Brad online, uh, go and follow him on Instagram. He's penaddict on Instagram, so you can uh, play along with us next week. Uh, mm-hmm. brad is over at Panadict.com and knock.co uh, this show is part of relay fm if you only listen to the Panadict, go to relay.fm slash shows and take a look at some of the other shows that we have because i bet there might be something in there that would still be of interest to you we have lots and lots of varied wonderful content at relay fm so I all recommend the great shows all the great shows is what they say um we'll be back next week um, until then thanks so much for listening goodbye say goodbye brad goodbye brad